Hello friends, welcome to Room for Magic, an illustration and celebration of the power of intention, alignment, and fun. Oh yeah! Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Room for Magic. As you will notice, it has taken over a month um, for me to put out this second episode and I'm going to start by giving you a little bit of a story as to why that happened and how that happened. So I released the first episode the end of February um, and it took a month for my podcast to be uploaded to Apple Podcasts. And I was trying to, of course, trust the process. I knew that um, it would come out on Apple Podcasts, which is where most people consume their podcasts, um, at the exact right time. And I was um, talking to my friend Katie, who you will hear in this episode with me, and she mentioned her um, her ch- virtual church service that was happening. So let's just get into all of that. Obviously, we are in the midst of um, this coronavirus outbreak um, crisis, if you want to call it that. I choose not to look at it that way. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute, um, as I, uh, before I, I get you started with the, um, interview slash conversation with my friend Katie. Um, so basically my friend Katie Quackenbush, who you will hear in this episode, told me that her church was having a virtual, um, service and actually she didn't tell me, she just posted it on her Facebook and I happened to see it. And you will hear in this episode um, me talk about my spirituality. I do not identify as Christian. And you will hear Katie, who is a Christian, um, discuss her spirituality. Um, and so for some reason, she posted about her church service, and I decided to virtually attend. Um, I guess this was about two weeks ago. And it was so interesting because... I really, um, I really enjoyed the service. I wrote down tons and tons of notes and I had this thought at the time, um, come to me and the thought was, oh, I am, I, I need to release my second podcast now. It doesn't matter if my podcast is on all the platforms yet. Now is the time for people to hear this. Now is the time for extra inspiration. Now is the time. So, um, as I'm thinking all this, I, um, finish the service and I go to check Apple podcasts as I was doing every day to see if my podcast had uploaded and I type the name of my podcast in the search bar. And as you know, um, as you start to type the list of options come up underneath, it did not come up. I clicked search, and at the last possible second, my podcast popped up. 
And in my head as it was happening, I knew it was going to happen. And I thought, this is God's timing. This is the universe's timing. This is when it's meant to happen. And it did. So I called my friend Katie immediately and I told her the story. Um, And then um, shortly after that, um, I had my own uh, possible brush, uh, for calling it that, with the coronavirus. And I'm completely fine. But it has um, made it hard for me to um, sustain a conversation or a (laughs) monologue without coughing. And so um, here we are today. I'm finally um, in a place to record this intro for you. And I want to acknowledge the fact that what we're going through is... Oh my gosh, it's unheard of. It's um, something we've never come close to experiencing as a population before. Um, And obviously, there's so many emotions and so many things that are coming up for people now. But I want to ask you a really important question, and I want you to ponder this. And the question is, um, first of all, you will hear construction in the background. My neighbor's house is under construction, so I apologize for the little bit of noise disturbance. But um, back to the question, are you in con- contraction or expansion? Um, so fear obviously can cause us to go into contraction or constriction. Um, but if you are not allowing yourself to expand in accordance with the universe, which is ever expanding, then you will feel discomfort. And this is going to be your hour a uh, main challenge during this time is remaining um remaining in that place of trust and that place of um alignment so that we can stay in creativity and expansion so that's going to take meditation that's going to take you sitting with all the feelings that are coming up and asking what can I learn from this? So you're feeling fear. We all feel fear um, and and probably extra fear at this time. I want you to ask yourself, what am I learning from this fear? What I'm what am I learning from this experience? How am I expanding um and growing as a soul? Right? So let's just um let's just put this out there right now. Most likely and I don't know where you are um, in the world listening to this, but most likely you know or will know someone that's going to die um, from the coronavirus. And that's pretty heavy. You know, for some of us, that could be our parents and our family members and or our grandparents. Um, and And that's a really tough thing to sit with, but I wanted to provide you at least with a little bit of perspective, at least my perspective and a little bit of um, peace if I can. Um, So a book that I would encourage everyone to read that I know actually several of my friends are reading for the first time now or revisiting um, is Journey of Souls. And that, um, out of all the books I've read in my life, has 
brought me so much peace and and greater understanding um, in terms of um, death or transition, as I call it, but also um, in terms of understanding our never-ending journey as a soul and our purpose and the fact that we are always in this, um, we're always in this school, so to speak. So essentially, this is my perspective and um, this is a perspective um, presented in Journey of Souls. Essentially, um, our journey never ends, right? So um, when you come into this life as a soul, you have a choice. Um, you choose when you're going to incarnate. You choose the circumstances um, in your life, and there are different options. Um, but most likely, all of us chose and were aware of the fact that we were coming into these very uncertain times. And in that uncertainty is also great opportunity. So in, in terms of um in in terms of people um dying or transitioning, I want you to remember, and this is remembering even on a soul level, um, you know, asking if this resonates with you, with your soul. Remember that for all who are dying, transitioning, the journey hasn't ended. So essentially, um, everyone who makes their transition is going back into their, um, the spirit world, if you want to call it that, um, the, the spiritual plane, um, the soul plane, you know, soul plane, (laughs) um, there's so many ways to describe this, but, they're continuing on, on their journey. And, um, they've learned so much through the experience of coronavirus that they get to integrate into their, um, their beingness forever. Um, and so I just hope that in understanding the greater, um, journey that we're all on, that that will help to, um, to bring you some peace in, in these times. So, um, I also I also challenge you to seek to find the God and the lesson in all of your relationships. Um, these type of situations can trigger old traumas, and trauma can trigger you to make you want to withdraw from people. Like someone might say something to you that makes you feel like, oh, they don't really care about me. And in times like this, you just want to feel safe, right? So those kind of circumstances can trigger you to withdraw for what your ego feels is perceived safety. Um, but I, I challenge you to remain open and to look for the God in all people in all situations. That's part of um, my discussion with Katie that you'll hear in just a moment. Um, and give yourself grace and love and patience. Um, ask yourself, what is my purpose? Um, from a place of being open to remembering, right? Um, my personal visualization, um, when I think about any kind of challenges, is that, and I've always kind of felt this way, is that I can see myself um, being, you know, in the spiritual 
world and the spiritual classroom and, um, and saying, yeah, I, I can do this. I, I want to do this. I will be here, here for this. I'm, I'm ready for the challenge, you know, and I encourage you all to think about it this way. So essentially right now, um, the world's kind of crumbling and we together all have our bare hands in the clay. Um, and we are building this new world together, right? So it's raw and it's, it's, um, it's this very unifying experience where we're all manifesting this new world together. So whatever we're focusing on as a collective is what we're creating and try to find the pieces of that that are exciting and, and inspiring um, because we're given an opportunity right now that is profound. And um, I like to think of this time as the Earth's Saturn return. So if you've ever heard of a Saturn return, I know um, for men and for women, it usually happens at a different time. But essentially, um, I know for women, it's around 28 to 30. And it's a time where if your life isn't going exactly in the direction that it's meant to be going, you will, um, it will get massively rearranged and you'll get turned in the right direction. And that's what happened to me at 28 um, when I had my son and, and things just happen, as you would know if you listened to my first podcast, so rapidly and so, oh gosh, just so profoundly in a short period of time. I like to think that that's what's happening on earth right now. You know, we've gone so off track and so out of harmony with nature and with the divine flow. And now we're getting the opportunity to, um, to change that and to remember and to remember our oneness and, um, find that balance and that harmony with nature, with the divine mother, um, deep in our spirituality. So this is a great opportunity and I want you to always remember that. Um, and there is a global meditation happening, um, that is going to be incredibly integral and important to this whole process. Um, I am in the United States on the East coast. So for me, it will be happening, um, April 4th at 10.45 p.m. Um, So that's Eastern Standard. And wherever you are in the world, um, it could be April 5th for you. It could be earlier on in the evening, April 4th. But I would encourage you um, to join the global meditation and be a part of this, um, you know, hands in the clay experience on a more... um, visceral level. So I am going to kind of close out this intro by reading you something that I, um, I channeled, (laughs) um, in the end of February. Um, I felt compelled to, um, to start writing. I felt like the, the energy moving through me and the message that needed to come through. I didn't know why I was asking some of the things that were coming through as questions. Um, 
And I went back a few weeks ago and read what I had written and I found it so um, comforting and so inspiring um, in terms of what's going on in the world right now. So I'm going to read you a little, little bit of that right now. What comes next was the question. It's all here. There is no next, only now, and you don't need to know the how. There is only to be and be fully, live and live wonderfully, love and be and share and know and remember, hear and follow and trust. Tell me a story of your magic in a way that only you can, only you know, that all can follow and all can hear. In the dark, your voice echoes into the silence and brings forth a new dawn, and you will be here to see it rise. You will be here to witness the glory always, as in God, always. So, I'm going to uh, now um, give you this episode that I recorded with my friend Katie Quackenbush. Um, We had some laughs. We talked about marriage um, parenthood and our spiritual commonality. And I hope you really enjoy this and remember we are all one and seek truth in all that is. I will catch you next time. Enjoy. Okay, friends. So I'm still here. I realized that I needed to clarify that this podcast you're about to listen to with my friend Katie was recorded on December 15th, 2019. Um, so this was actually the first podcast I ever recorded. Um, so it starts off, you'll see a little bit awkward and a little bit, you know, I start off a little unsure and Katie's never recorded a podcast before either. So I think that was interesting for both of us. Um, But of course, this was before um, we had any knowledge of what was happening in terms of coronavirus, et cetera. And so for that reason, I hope there's an extra bit of lightness um, that you'll um, be able to recognize and appreciate. And also, I apologize as I've listened back to this intro for all the rustling noises, etc. Um, usually when I'm recording, I have my, um, my phone on a stand, but as I'm recording these intros, I'm holding it in my hand and I'm still not super profesh. So thanks for bearing with me and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Room for Magic. This is your host, Sage and Lucienne, and I'm here today with Katie Quackenbush. Um, I met Katie about a year ago. This is already feeling way too formal for me because <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not what I want uh, for this podcast. Um, I met Katie a year ago on an app called Peanut, which is ironic because Katie is allergic to peanuts. Definitely. <laughs> Do you want to say hi, Katie? Hi, everyone. It's so nice to meet your ears. <laughs> um, so Katie is obviously a fellow mom. Her son is Noah, and I don't know how old he is anymore. I was going to, well, that's what I was blanking on. I'm like, um, I, guess he's I think like, he's like 15 months. Okay. Once they hit a year, I feel like I lose track. 
Yeah, she's I wearing twelve to eighteen month clothes right now. <laughs> That's all we need to know. We yeah. have the general size, the picture. He's probably the cutest baby I've ever seen, and that is not an exaggeration. I can't wait to see what he looks like with all of his teeth. So far, they're very cute teeth. Also, I'm he looks like seen... Jack Jack. Everybody says he looks like Jack Jack from The Incredibles. He's like oh, the baby, okay. or he looks like he's Boss cute. Baby. He's cute. Very generic, cute baby. <laughs> no, no, no. He's much cuter than both of those babies. I've never seen him have a bad day. I don't know if he has bad days. I'll, I'll just let you think that he uh, doesn't have any bad days. <laughs> I saw him at the playground a couple weeks ago with your new uh, Yeah, with one of our, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did not frown the entire time once. He was had a huge smile on his face the whole time. He hugged me goodbye, which was the cutest thing ever. He's hugging now. It was so cute. He's a little human with his own little things that he does, which is so weird. (laughs) I just want to, like, pick him up and squeeze him. Like, that whole, you know, creepy, weird arm thing is what I feel when I see Noah. Yes, good, good. Mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) So we met on the Peanut app, and one of the first things Katie told me is she's definitely allergic to peanuts. (laughs) So slightly ironic. Um, do you want to touch on the peanut allergy thing? Or yeah, wanna... <laughs> I mean, we can. Uh, when somebody says they're deathly allergic to peanuts, it's not an intolerance to, like, dairy or gluten. It is an anaphylactic reaction, and you want to respect that. Um, so I've had it all my life, and I still have it. But I learned, you know, about six months ago I can have Chick-fil-A, which I didn't know I could have. I thought about that him. this morning because I yes. saw your Instagram post of you eating Chick-fil-A in the know. hospital for the I first know. time. Yeah, I was like, so <laughs> you think like peanut oil, so I've always stayed away, but the the proteins you're allergic to are refined out of the peanut oil. So my allergist said, you can do it. It's fine. So my first Chick-fil-A was eaten um, with, I, I waited till my dad, who's a doctor, was visiting from in town and we went to the emergency room and I ate it in the hospital because I was just waiting when you know you're allergic to something you have this this fear because yeah. it's scary <laughs> and your airway closes down but I ate it and it was magical and I I try to eat it at least once a week <laughs> so it's a blessing like people they're like you're you moved to the peanut state in the south and you Are, can't is have it the peanut? peanut state yeah Georgia oh I'm from Virginia and I thought Virginia was the like oh, maybe I'm wrong. State. I feel like I thought we were the peach state. <laughs> oh yeah, well we are the peach state, but I, well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The we're south have to peanuts, later. boiling them. I've never yeah. had a boiled peanut. Thankfully, a lot of people are I meet are like I actually don't like peanut butter that much. And whenever I hear that, I'm like, I like can it. Be friends. I like it, but I haven't had peanuts in the house in, in like over a month, maybe two months. So you're I'm you're safe. safe here. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'm just curious about the reaction that you got from the hospital staff when you said I just no, want to come in here. Nobody and eat was my like Chick-fil-A. looking. Like I just brought my Chick Fil A in, and like they have you know like waiting areas. There's seating everywhere at the hospital. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you want like. A place to just hang out. Find a hospital lobby. No, no, thank they're you. they're like not that bad. At least Memorial isn't that bad. I, I thought it was there. really nice. Yeah, the last time I was there, I came in there going, yeah, <laughs> at no. the top of my lungs like something from The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my hospital transfer when I had Graham, and I swear everyone in the lobby was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you go in when you're not you know, feeling the 
the pain, mm-hmm. maybe you'll have some positive feelings. I'll go in there <laughs> and eat some vegan Chick-fil-A. Someday. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, so that's about peanuts, <laughs> peanut allergies. <laughs> okay, so how should we get into this? Of course, this is my first podcast, and I've mentioned that I really want this podcast to be casual and fun and relaxed. I don't want to be super professional. I'm trying my hardest not to do that. And a big part of doing this podcast is kind of getting over your fears and your tendencies. And one of mine, my whole life, and I think this is the case, especially with women, is this like striving for perfection thing, which you can never actually achieve. So you end up just kind of isolating and then shutting down all of your ideas because you can't get them right, you can't get them perfect. And there's so much magic, obviously, in just relaxing and having fun and having a good time, Mm -hmm. letting things unfold as they want to unfold, and just trusting that everything that needs to come through, you know, all the messages that need to come through are going to come through as they need to. So, um, do you want, we both have questions to ask okay. each other. Do you Should want to do get one into one? that? Like you do one and That's then I do one? That's a good idea. Okay. All right. Because I feel like I am very, not I feel like, I know I am very woo-woo. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of like floating around in the clouds and I need people to bounce off of. I need like some sort of structure, which is why I suggested we ask each other questions mm-hmm. or else I'm just kind of like out there in la-la land, which has its benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, you know, type A has its benefits, but you have to like find, find your, what am I trying to say? Just balance. Find, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I struggle to articulate a lot of times too. So Okay, we're going to ask each other some questions. I've asked Katie just to come up with five random, completely random questions. Mm-hmm. I have five questions as well. Do okay. you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go, go first. I'll okay. pick one. And mine are, they're not all silly, but they're mostly kind of okay. just silly. I'm good with that. Okay. Um, okay. You're a burglar. Oh, no. But you only steal things that slightly inconvenience your victims. <laughs> What do you steal? I mean, how many things do I have to steal? You can steal one thing. But just it's, one? Just I mean, like one thing, like your signature thing. Am I going thing. to jail or should I like really Don't worry about going to bed. jail. You'll get, you'll get out or you won't get caught. You won't get okay. caught, but everybody knows when this thing goes missing, it's you. Okay. Well, I seem to always like run out of Q-tips. Um, so that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. You can always use a Q-tip, right? Like cleaning right. little cracks and crevices. Um, so you're the Q-tip thief. What's another good one? Like paper towels I run out of, which is terrible because I feel like I should not use paper towels in the first place. I really need to order those from Grove Collaborative that are like made out of mm-hmm. bamboo, right? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no problem using paper products because I think your, like, trees grow on trees, you know? Yeah. And so that's how I feel about it. But I, so, I'm trying to, like, reduce my plastic, you know, use. Yes. But so paper, I'm not worried about paper right now. I'm worried about the plastic. Well, as long as you're, <laughs> as long as you're improving, I think that's a win. I do feel guilty sometimes at my paper towel consumption. Um, so, yeah, I would go for the paper towels. It'll the decompose. Q-tip. Okay. Like paper towels decompose. 
So don't feel too bad about okay. that. I'm gonna go for the, the paper towels and the Q-tip. Okay. I usually get the recycled paper towels though. If I could find a home that had those, that would be a bonus. Mm-hmm. And um, another one. Um, I mean, if they have like really good mascara, like the <gasps> kind that I use, I would definitely take that. That's a good too. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, okay, I think that's my answer. Okay. Not good. not so riveting, but that's what comes to mind. <laughs> okay, mine's kind of silly too, but you can go anyway with this. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? Oh, okay. Um, I feel like this is a question you get asked when you're little and you just uh-huh. pick your favorite animal. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but like, so I you just would love pick, it for you when would... people are like, oh, a cougar because I'm mysterious and strong. Oh, well, no, I was going to say, like, if you're little and you love your dog, you'd say my dog. But really? Then I, like, you know, but then I'm like, well, I know I watch my dog go to the bathroom in the backyard. I just, like, that's weird. Um, I'm trying to think of something that... This one's kind of hard. I know. Let me think. Um, I think a penguin. A penguin. Because they're always like together in groups. They can swim. I don't have the need to fly. Like I don't feel like I need to fly to be happy. <laughs> I don't fly right now. I need airplanes. <laughs> but they swim because I was thinking of fish at first. But uh-huh. I like land too. And uh, their babies are really cute. Mm-hmm. And but know, if they drop their eggs on the ground, then the egg just freezes. But that's the man's job. So yeah, <laughs> and that's another thing. Um, I think that like I love like. I, I love the whole, like, partners for life, like, you find your penguin. So, I think I'd pick a penguin. Nobody hates a penguin. What kind of penguin? Like, the little the tiny cute. ones or the emperor ones that are no, really big? No, 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 the, A the, little the, tiny the, penguin. The tiny penguins, the cutest kind. Or maybe a puffin, because they have, like, a cool beak. Is that a penguin? No. Oh, are they not? A type of penguin or a cousin of the penguin? I think they're different. I a really different. don't know. Anyway, a cute like penguin, penguin, whatever is the cutest penguin out there, that's the one I want to be. <laughs> Okay, I was not <laughs> expecting that, but it's a good like themed like winter. Yeah. So I like I like the theme there. Okay. Oh, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. Congrats! You just won a life supply of the last thing you bought. What did you buy? Oh shoot! Oh my gosh, I have no idea. It's the last thing like you went to the grocery store for, or bought online, or. Oh, that's a good home. question. Um, I mean. What did I buy last? Oh my gosh, mom brain. We can come back to it. Oh, well, I bought my son's Christmas present. Okay. <laughs> so pick the one that you remember buying last. So what is the it? last thing I bought, actually, okay, the last thing I bought was a birthday card for my uncle, a pop-up birthday card for my uncle. There you go. So this You have a lifetime supply of, of pop-up, pop-up birthday, birthday cards. cards. Oh my gosh, that's actually pretty convenient <laughs> and yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So there you go. My yeah, I don't. I, I'm not mad at it. No. That's <laughs> not like that's not. It's not like something that's gonna take up a bunch of space. But in your did house. I? No, his was not pop up. So his, his, if I recall correctly, I had a picture of like a fish in a fish bowl with water, and then another fish, another fish in a vodka bottle, <laughs> and. 
it was saying, it was like, this is awesome. And on the inside it said, I hope your birthday's in good spirits. So um, it was kind of like an inside thing because the last time I talked to him, he was joking about needing a drink and needing to watch the basketball game with a drink. And he was kind of grumpy. So I feel like it just tied the whole thing together. Well, there you go. So That's it. vodka and goldfish cards. <laughs> we can go with just generic cards, so... Okay, cards. That's my cards. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot better. I'm not going to restrict you. There are not many people that I would give that card to, (laughs) aside from my uncle. Okay. Ooh. um, Okay, this is not silly, but we'll get into it. How has your life changed for the better since you became a mother? Um, I think feeling like I actually have my own family. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child. So my family's always been pretty small and we've lived, you know, not close to my cousins. So my family unit was just like me and my mom and my dad. Yeah. And then when I got married, my husband's also an only child. So like everything is very just small and Mm -hmm. your friends, you know, are the family that you choose, but they're still not family. (laughs) And so when we had Noah, like when it's just you and your husband, it's just like, it's the two of you and you were hanging out before you got married anyway. So... It's I can't whatever. relate on this one, but I'm going to nod along. But like, but, like, once Noah came, it was like, wow, I created, like, I brought this person into the world. They're my responsibility, and they're my family, and this is my family, and this is my job now mm-hmm. to protect and nurture and make them feel love and hopefully one day I'll be loved back. <laughs> oh my like gosh. Like in, in a meaningful way, not like, I'm hungry, you fed me, yay. I mean, um, I feel like kids are like puppies where yeah. it's like they love they you love unconditionally. You. Yeah. And I don't know when they become not puppies. And I think it's people probably get a little bit irritated when I compare kids to dogs because I used to do it all the time before mm-hmm. I had kids, but now I'm like, I get to do it because I have a kid. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so you have perspective. So yeah, I think just like... Just feeling like I I began a family mm-hmm. that wasn't there before and created a family, not just a person, but like like I became something new when mm-hmm. he came into the world and Taylor, my husband, became a new person mm-hmm. too. And it's just cool to be more than just Katie, but Noah's mom too. Yeah. So I always look that. at people who are happily married and you have kids and they're like... <clears throat> a little bit of me and a little bit of him and I'm like oh that must be so cool when you like <laughs> like the person that much and you're like together and whatever I don't know if I'll experience that it's okay if I don't but it's just like fascinating to think about you know right now Noah looks like 100% me so I, I and yeah. like and he's so little and he's completely <laughs> bald maybe one day he'll look like Taylor like Taylor's like We'll try to, like, throw him a bone every once in a while. Like, he has your yeah. ears, and... He must have something. I'm Maybe sure. his toes. I think somebody needs to just know Taylor and then look at Noah and not know me at all to yeah. see it. Yeah. Because I don't see it yet. <laughs> Did you know? I feel kind of dumb saying this because I never knew this, but <clears throat> I looked at my Ancestry.com stuff again like a week or two, maybe like two weeks ago. I can't keep track of time since I became a mom. Like, there's just something about it. Where it's, so that answered the question for you. How have you changed? I don't know time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never been great with time and it's just a construct anyway, right? But <laughs> you're like, no. Nah. Um, but 
Yeah, so I looked at my Ancestry DNA results that I did like five years ago, maybe once again, I really don't know. Um, but they've updated their system, so they tell you, oh yeah, now that thing that said you're a little bit like, you know, from this region, it now says you're 2% Swedish. I was like, okay, fascinating. I'm still extremely white. <laughs> um, but one of the things it said was like, it tells you your cousins that are on there. And it tells you like fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth cousins. Do you have those? Mm-mm. I haven't done Really that. weird. Especially like, I'm, I don't have any first cousins, so it must be like similar to being an only child where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and... So I don't have any first cousins, so it told me my second cousins, and now it tells you which ones are the most genetically close to you, mm-hmm. and it was my dad's cousin that came up first, and I was like, I told my mom and my dad, I was like, I guess I'm like more genetically related to my dad, which is probably why I look more like my dad, and my huh. brother's the opposite. So apparently, I, I was like, I thought it was just half and half. They're like, no, Sajin, you just, it's like you throw everything up in the air and see what sticks, and I did not realize that. Yeah, I guess I know. I thought it was like half from this person and half from that person. But now you see people where their kid looks exactly like them. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and it's like they're probably more genetically connected. Huh. That makes sense. Isn't that weird? That makes a whole lot more sense. So Noah probably, like, sorry, Taylor, but like might be like more genetically connected to you. Mm hmm. Which is weird. And I feel like it's usually like the boys look more like the moms and the girls look more like the dads. Like, that's like a thing. It might be a thing. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those things where, like, if... I, I always heard, like, the child... Like, the first child, it was good if, like, for evolution, like, if the child looked like the dad because the dad then knew it was his child and would protect it. Oh, and was more protective snap. over the children. <laughs> and and so... But maybe it's that way with daughters because men are... It's like, oh, he's my son. And it, maybe it doesn't matter that they look just alike. Whereas, like... Like, wow. having a daughter, maybe, was more difficult, like, as a family, carrying on the family name. Like, oh, that's important yeah. with the son, but if a daughter looks like you, maybe... You don't like, give her up for adoption. Right! <laughs> give her up for adoption, or or you no. have some sort of bond with her you, that you needed to have her look like yeah. you, because you didn't have the, like, he's, like, the boy bond. It's like, my daughter looks like me, so I have this bond with her. Maybe wow. that's what men needed. I never considered any of this. I literally thought, here's half from one and here's half from the other. I'm like, but why do I look so much like this one? You know what I mean? So your dad wouldn't put you up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad, my dad's an only child. He's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd ever put me up for adoption. I think only children sweet. don't feel that. I mean, we're, we're like, oh, we get a baby? Yay! Like, we get more friends. <laughs> and my dad's like, I was not the easy child. I was like the really wild one. My brother was the like typical child. second child, easy mm-hmm. child. But yeah, I don't know if my dad was ever really bothered by me. I know my mom, you know, has talked about it enough to make it obvious that mm-hmm. she was, you know, she, she found me difficult. But my dad, like, <laughs> so he's so laid back about most things. My grandmother says, and she says it, like, in passing, like, it's no big deal. She's 96 now. She's like, yeah, um, when I would go play tennis with friends, I would just um, put him on a leash and hook him to the fence, and he would just stand there, and he was fine. <laughs> so maybe that's where it comes from. He's like, I was fine. I'm like, yeah. did she give you food and water? Like. Aww. It's like, if 
it's so weird to look at our babies and be I like, mean, my parents were a baby. Like, my parents I know. were a baby at one point. And I asked my grandmother, like, well, what, you know, when I was pregnant, I was like, what was it like when you had dad, and what was that like? She was like, I don't, that was a really long time ago. I don't remember. Yeah. Like, and at that point, they were doing, like, knocking people out to have babies and stuff and chloroforming them, so, like, there's no telling. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she's really chill about it, too, and I think that's why she's happily 96 years old, so I'm always trying to embrace her, uh, her the things she's got going on. <laughs> Okay, um, your turn. It's my turn? Okay. Um, <laughs> I wish oh. I had had more serious ones. Ooh, this is it's a good fine. one. This I is a mom one. serious if you want. No. Um, okay, this is the scenario. Okay. You have to redo the first year of Graham's life. Oh, snap. For $1 million, uh-huh. would you forego any type of using any type of diaper as if it were not invented like you have so so no diapers like you just put them in a onesie or put them in pants you can put one towel down under the bed or one towel in the car seat but you cannot like create some diaper mechanism like it's baby in the clothes no diaper for a year one million dollars okay that's a tough one because First of all, I like a challenge. <laughs> this is the challenge so, that also equals money. And also, being the crunchy chick that I am, apparently, like, babies in African tribes and stuff don't wear diapers. Right. They, they're like, so, and then you put them over a drain and they can go Oh, they there. just communicate and you, you just, There's a way there. I have heard about cultures that they, you train your child. To just make to, a noise to or communicate a with you that you need to, yeah, that you need to. I'm going for it because you know what? Being a single parent, I was home so much in the beginning anyway. It's like, just, you know. I know you don't throw like trash talking back about. down under your blanket or something. Yeah. Don't like talking about what? Like potties. Oh, no. Stuff but like that. No, <laughs> like kids poop and stuff. It's just part of, you being, know, yeah. the of being a parent. You're just talking about, when they're young, you're talking about poop all the time. And now I don't find myself talking about poop that often, but we are getting into the potty training situation, mm-hmm. finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's here and there. I don't want to force it on him, but yeah, there'll be more poop talk in my near future. And yeah, I think I'll go for the challenge. I would just like get all tribal and try to, mm-hmm. you know, embrace that side of things. Start, you know, be like a... Yeah, and you would have diaper-free yeah, anthropologist no, totally. and like investigate the whole situation and be like really good for the planet, and then I could like, you know, inspire people on Instagram to go diaper-free. It seems seems like a win. Yeah. A very stinky one, but <laughs> stinky one, you know, wet, wet one with the boys. Okay. I'm going for the challenge. I'm going for the challenge. <laughs> All right. Okay. Your turn. So. What is one okay? What is one tip you have for cultivating a happy marriage? We kind of talked about this a little hmm. bit earlier before. Yeah. Um. I think, I think that you should before you get married. Like, this is good for me if I ever decide you get to do married, that. <laughs> like this person needs to be your best friend. Like mm-hmm. they just need to be your best friend because on the days you're 
tired or you're frustrated, like, you're not always talking about lovey-dovey things. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to have somebody that you can confide in and that's on your team and wants the best for you and you want the best for them and can be your buddy because that's, like, most of your time is spent doing things that two friends would do. Mm -hmm. Like, eating together. Going to Home Depot. But, like, we're shopping. But, like, doing the things, (laughs) like, you know, like, like, yeah, going shopping and then and going on trips. Like, these are all things mm-hmm. I want to do with my best friend. And so I think that it really, it you need to cut out, like, the, the, the sex. And, like, it's good to be, you know, you have to be attracted yeah. to them and have that chemistry. But, like, more times than not, like, you're just having boring old conversations. Yeah. And doing very day-to-day things. And, yeah. like... Who makes that all of that better? Mm-hmm. Who can you live? Who do would you not want to live without yeah. doing those things? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, your best friend. as like a an add on to that, I want to hear like I think I've heard a little bit of it. Mimi told me a while back, but like about how you met Taylor because it seems so <laughs> chill. Like, hey, I'm here and you're here and you seem cool. Well, we met at a wedding. I know. Yeah. But like the way you described it, I was like, it seems like the perfect illustration of like allowing, which I'm always like striving for. Is mm-hmm. like you're just kind of chill and you let things happen, yeah. and that it seems to me like that's kind of what happened. But I want to hear your take on it. Yeah. So we met at um, my best friend's wedding. I was the maid of honor, and then. Her, the man she married was in the Marine Corps and Taylor was in the Marine Corps at the mm-hmm. time. So he was there because he was in the sword arch, which is in the yeah. Marine Corps, the bride and the groom walk through and the bride or whoever is not the Marine is um, welcomed in to the Marine Corps family. And so Taylor wasn't necessarily in the bridal party, but mm-hmm. he did that. So um, he was holding a sword. He was holding sword a arch. sword and he was in his uniform. And I mean... Brownie points for that. They're just like <laughs> guys being dressed nicely. Period. Yeah. Just it's they're already putting their best foot forward mm-hmm. when you meet them that way. Um, I can see that. And so I I had just gotten out of a relationship, so I was actually very like not in the mood, like not and like I wasn't like looking. Wait, how just got out? Like time. Like met him in October. Uh huh. I'd broken up in August. Wait, October of what year? Um, 2015. So oh, August that's 2015. when I met Graham's dad. Oh, really? Yeah, I know that day because it was the day after my mom's birthday, so it's October 18th. Okay, so we, I think we met like the 22nd or the 25th. Oh, wow. Or wait, was it October? <laughs> yeah, no, it was October. It might have been a little bit sooner. Like, but it was in the 20s. I won't tell Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I feel bad because it's my best friend's anniversary. Um, so, yeah, so we met. And um, it was funny because my friend, the bride, had told me, you know, oh, yeah, there's this guy who, when he sees your picture, he goes, he'll say to the picture, oh, hey, I'm Taylor. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then we wedding day and she goes that's the guy I was telling you about not she was not trying to set us up she really wasn't she was just telling me that's probably not the greatest no it's not (laughs) and so we so it's like at like after the ceremony we're at the reception like I'm meeting everyone like everybody's meeting everybody's friends and he comes to introduce himself and I put my hand out first. I go, hi, I'm Taylor. Oh, that is so cute. And, and he's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know who 
you are. And that is so funny. And it, it was just oh like God. really relaxed. And the other guys that were there were really nice. The friends mm-hmm. that they all were. And so getting to know them together kind of like in a group setting. But yeah. like he was obviously really cute. I asked for his number because right. after we were getting wrapped up at the at the wedding reception and we were going to go out for drinks after. And I wanted to go out, but being the maid of honor, I had to wrap a lot yeah. of things up. And so I was going to go out and meet. So I was like, if I'm going to get anybody's number, I want it to be his number. So I was like, hey, like, can I get your number so I can see where you guys are? I don't want to text my best friend that just got married. Like, can I? Meet? Yeah. Like, and so he's like, yeah, sure. So I got his number. But it was really funny because when I showed up, I showed up with one of my friend's guy friends. So he thought I was with oh. somebody else. And he was a good looking guy. So he's like, oh crap, never mind. Like, that's she so just showed funny. up with this friend zone. Yeah, so he's like, Meh. but then we just were like talking, teasing, just joking around, like mm-hmm. bros. <laughs> you know, I was very Easy, sarcastic. Like, laid back. Yeah. Yes. And then the next day we did like a group breakfast. And again, just everything I said was, like, almost mean, like, mm-hmm. dripping with sarcasm, funny, like, kind of I can relate way. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just, it's my, it's, like, my comfort zone I like, mm-hmm. and especially when somebody, you can tell somebody knows you're joking, mm-hmm. it's much easier, so yeah. you can play off of each other, and he just was, thought it was funny, so then he left, and then my friend and her husband were actually the ones driving me to the airport, I was going back to Vegas, and he texts me. I'm in the car with him. He texts me. He goes, hey, I know this is I'm going out on a limb, but um, would you like to come to the Marine Corps ball with me? In a couple of weeks, you get to dress up, and we, we're sitting at the same table as Christy and Jamie, our friends, and, like, you guys would get to hang out. Oh, wow. Not sure if that sounds interesting to you, but, like, I... That was like, ballsy. And so, <laughs> like, we were... So I was, like, we were in this loud car with, like, the windows down, couldn't... Like, I was yelling at my friends, like, he just invited me to the... She's like, what? I look at the phone, and she goes, you should come! And so it was funny because my parents oh, actually you. picked me up from the airport, and my mom will tell you, she said, when I saw you... I looked at your dad and I said, she met someone like, and it was weird because I wasn't like, I didn't know this guy, yeah. but I was just like, I wasn't the kind, I loved my job. Yeah. I loved where I lived. It's where my parents lived. At the time you were living in Vegas. I was living in Vegas at the time. Where um, you're from. Where I'm from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he's from Georgia, living in California in the Marine Corps. I mean, I don't want a long distance relationship. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I went to California a couple times before the ball, and we hung out, and he just was easy to talk to. He was, So he was in San Diego at the time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, in San Diego with my friend. So I would stay with my best friend. I wasn't, like, staying with him. She lived in San Diego, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, everybody's in San Diego. And so, and then we just started, like, he was, this is, I don't have a Snapchat anymore, but he had a Snapchat, and he was, like, just Snapchatting me. So we were just, mm-hmm. like, getting to know each other, yeah. like, in not a weird Snapchat way. No, I know. I wasn't getting any of those weird pictures, never did. Like, no, thank you. Um, I've gotten some of it. But it just, like, turned into just, it was just easy. It just was natural. Mm-hmm. He got my sense of humor. He had, I think the biggest thing was he totally knew himself. Like, he, he was, he's younger than me, mm-hmm. like, by two and a half years or so. But, like, he knew himself enough. And, like, just mm-hmm. to see somebody who's, like, a responsible guy who's kind, mm-hmm. who loved his mom, loved his loves his dad, um, and really a great friend, like, mm-hmm. to his friends, 
um, and had, like, lots of hobbies of his own and lots of interests and was willing to, like, do whatever, like, Mm -hmm. and willing to come out, like, put effort into seeing me. Yeah. Like, I think previous relationships I gave Mm -hmm. more than I got, Mm -hmm. and this guy was going above and beyond without me asking him to. That's how it should be. And without me feeling like, that's too much. Like, Mm -hmm. everything felt like, this is what I deserve. Like, this is what my parents would hope for. Mm -hmm. This is what I think God intended Mm -hmm. women to feel like when he created us. Mm -hmm. Like, you treat this person with love and respect and make them feel like yeah good and do things that are unique to them to yeah make them feel special so, so and when it's right you want to do that yeah and it, it wasn't ever like I'm trying to buy your affection or mm-hmm. I'm trying to come see you more because I want to control your time and mm-hmm. like know what you're doing because my job at the time like I was traveling a lot I was with athletes all the time like any other guy. Do you guy. want to touch on that? Like yeah, what you were doing so at the time? I, I, at the time, I was working for the UFC. Um, so I would travel. I did social media and marketing mm-hmm. for them. And so I would travel. I'd be on the road, you know, at an event with athletes. Wait, when you say traveling mm-hmm. on the road, you were like on a tour bus? No, we'd get on planes. <laughs> no. Okay. Like, so was like, like, oh, that's a whole different Say No, no, no. Say there was a, story. a like, say there was a... I mean, we got on buses too, um, but like say there was an event, like a UFC fight in Dallas, I'd, you know, mm-hmm. leave on a Thursday and come home on a Sunday and be back to work on Monday. So okay. there would be long periods of time where like I wasn't even at home for him to come visit me, right. you know, or I couldn't go see him. And I and think there has to be a lot of trust. That. Yeah. He was never weird about it. Yeah. He completely trusted me, which is just really nice. And mm-hmm. he wasn't like can I come, like, I'll fly to, like, he easily could have been, like, can I come and, like, come to the fight, and, Uh, because I could get tickets, you know, and, like, every, whenever he wanted to come, like, he'd come with my dad, like, to a Mm -hmm. fight in Vegas, or something like that when it worked out, but I never felt like, oh, this guy is keeping tabs on Mm -hmm. me or my time, and I never felt like I needed to be that way with him. Yeah. Ever, and that was with I didn't know, like, he was living in a house full of guys, a house full of single guys. It could have been, it could have been really bad if we Mm -hmm. didn't trust each other completely. And there was never a moment in time that I was ever wondered, like, what's he doing? And Mm -hmm. he never made me feel that way either. So, like, yeah, friendship and trust, like, you can't, you can't go without either of those two things. No, and I think a lot of that is, like, kind of what we talked about before we recorded, but... I feel like, so, <clears throat> there's so many people out there that are great people, that are confident even, but they're like, I really want a man, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a partner, and they're thinking about it all the time, and they're posting about it on social media, even if it's, like, super, super positive, you're just, like, efforting too much, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and I feel like, you know, we have a different sense of spirituality, and we can get into that, but, like, from my perspective, it's, like, you know, God, as I see it, like, is, once you put it out there that you want something, he's already, like, he or she or whatever, it's it's already created for you, Mm -hmm. and in order to allow that, you have to let go, you know what I mean, and Mm -hmm. so I feel like what I get from this is Taylor was happy living his own life, probably not, like, seeking out a girlfriend or worried about it, you were doing your own thing, it just broken up, you were not looking for a boyfriend in any Mm -hmm. capacity, and you just had fun together, and it, like, came together in a natural way, as mm-hmm. it's supposed to. 
And the other part of that is that, yeah, you have to value yourself in order to have somebody else value you because you're going to project that into a relationship, you know, and if you're Mm -hmm. looking for cheating, you're probably going to find cheating, Mm -hmm. like, it's whatever you're putting out there, it's going to come back, you know, and so obviously Taylor was in a good place, in a good headspace too, I would assume, when you met, so... Yeah. Props to you because <laughs> it takes for especially for women. I feel like it takes a lot to like get to a place of feeling like you deserve that, mm-hmm. and you have to feel that before you can have it. You right know, before you can have a healthy relationship. Yeah, and I'm. I also don't think. I mean, I think a lot of people they have a bad relationship or bad relationships, mm-hmm. and it takes those for that person to realize yeah. like, that they deserve better. You need but, the contrast for the clarity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think everybody needs that. No. Like, I feel like some people, like, you meet your person, mm-hmm. the first serious relationship you have, and it just clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends think, on know, your depends, yeah. yeah, on your past and your life experience and whatever, because my perspective is like when babies come into the world, they're like the most connected to God. And then as you go on in time, like especially if you're not in a great family dynamic or whatever, you pick up all this conditioning and stuff that's just not a false truth. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you take them in, you carry them with you. So a lot of people have to like get rid of that extra baggage in order to come back to that place of feeling secure and deserving. Whereas some people have like great parents and healthy childhood and they're like here's my person you know what I mean right yeah so we all have our own path but yeah yeah and I think that to so I guess if you can imagine for the listeners um if you can imagine like a triangle Mm -hmm. I think the best way I can describe it for me and what I believe Mm -hmm. is like I have this triangle and God's at the top Mm -hmm. and I'm in this corner and Taylor's in this corner Mm -hmm. and like if my relationship with God, if I don't have peace there and I don't have joy there, um, and I don't have like communication going mm-hmm. on between me and and God, then I have nothing that's gonna overflow into me to give to Taylor. Yeah. And so I think that being I don't think you need to be in a perfect place when you meet your person and you don't need to no, stay in a perfect place. No. But I think that in a marriage relationship or in a committed relationship like having that inner peace and Mm -hmm. finding your joy maybe not happiness because I think happiness and joy are different Mm -hmm. um having a joy and an inner joy and having peace with God you need that first Mm -hmm. and then once you have that then you can give like to your partner yeah so I think that my relationship with Taylor has gotten better as my communication like and with God has gotten better mm-hmm. and I have a deeper peace with my life. Yeah. The things that aren't in my control. Yeah. Um, outside elements that can distract me or distress mm-hmm. me. If I'm like, you know what, like he's in control of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need to live my life mm-hmm. with a purpose that is be the best mom I can be, mm-hmm. be the best friend I can be to Taylor, and be the best person I can be to everybody else, mm-hmm. um, and share my God's love right. with other people, then I'm doing my job, and everything else is not my responsibility right. to worry about or take care of, because it doesn't, right. if it doesn't contribute to those responsibilities I have, that I have no reason to let it yeah. take up my day. And I'm pretty much on the same page with everything. Yeah. I just... I, we obviously 
probably have a different concept of God altogether, but mm -hmm. I didn't have like my sense of, this kind of leads into my next question. Did, who, did I ask a question? We'll just get into yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Because, and I'll, I'll kind of like touch on that and then I'll let you kind of answer this. Um, so I'll just go into it now. So for me, I basically feel the same way and I never had like any sense of God or spirituality growing up. Um, my parents were both raised in church and they resented that. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to raise my brother and me in church and they wanted us to find their own way, which I did. It took me 28 years, <laughs> which is fine because I believe that I chose this path ahead of time with God, you know, and that I needed this contrast in my life for the clarity and my spirituality and everything else. But up until I found my spirituality, um, and that didn't happen until I was pregnant, things were just chaotic. Cause like you don't have, it's like what I said earlier is like, you need something to bounce off of. Well, you need to have that touch point with God, the divine, the universe, whatever you want to source, whatever you want to call it. We all have our own, you know, different religions have different ways of conceptualizing things and that's fine. But the concept is the same of like, you need to be in constant communication with a higher power or else you're just kind of floating out in space. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's no clarity. And so, yeah, even like before you got here, usually I would meditate for like 15, 20 minutes to like have that connection with God where your mind is kind of like, turned off and you just can establish that connection again for me like that's how I do it but if I don't have that like if I don't for you it might be like I don't know prayer and going to church and stuff like that's I would assume how you usually connect with God but I don't know like your spiritual practices at home or any of that mm -hmm. for me it's um it's meditation and it's like being in nature and things like that and just connecting in my own different ways but even before you got here, like I closed my eyes for like five, six minutes and just kind of tuned out. And it just like brought me back down to earth. And like, you just remember like who you are mm -hmm. and without your spirituality, I don't think you really know, can like connect with who you are in the first place. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like you have nothing to give to anyone else because you just don't feel whole without it. Mm -hmm. So I did all kinds of things up until that point of like, you know, hooking up with people and drinking and whatever, like trying to fill that void, but only God or, or your, mm -hmm. the universe, whatever, only that can fill the void. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so that was my next question is how would you describe your spirituality and your relationship with God? Well, I like that you say relationship because I think that's like, and a lot of people do this. It's mm -hmm. not a relationship. It's like, a practice or a religion or I have to do something to get something from God and that's no. just not how God works no um I would say it's a relationship and just like any relationship it changes over time and whatever mm -hmm. season of life you're in you know like my relationship with God like looked different when I was in high school than it does now mm -hmm. or from college than it looks now or before Noah than my son that mm -hmm. it looks now um so I would say I'd say that my relationship with God now is better than it's been in my entire life mm -hmm. and that's not to say that like life is easier or I have things that I feel like I deserve or that God had promised me and that makes mm -hmm. me happy so that's why God and I are on good terms yeah. <laughs> um so um I think 
that my relationship with God is a personal one. Mm-hmm. It looks different than what my husband's relationship with God mm-hmm. looks like. I think that um, as long as I'm constantly striving to be more loving and for me, be more like Jesus, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. the goal. The yeah. goal is to be more like Jesus. And if you see Jesus as a like a benevolent, loving mm-hmm good messiah yeah. messiah person yes this person, person yeah. who did not do anything out of, of spite did, did everything out of love then i yeah, have like to look heart centered exactly yeah. i have to look at everything i do and everything i say um through that lens mm-hmm. and that lens is, is what i'm doing right now making that person like feel loved mm-hmm. and valued because i believe that Christ died for everybody's sin. Mm-hmm. And he knew ahead of time when he before he did that, like he knew how bad we were gonna be. Mm-hmm. He knew all the sins we commit and he did it anyway. Yeah. And so if I'm like, okay, well, if I knew you were going to like go be an awful friend, <laughs> like <laughs> right? And or anybody go be an awful friend and gossip about me and try to steal my money and all these bad things, like would I mm-hmm. still like want to give all my love to you and and offer to be your friend or your family mm-hmm. or whatever ahead of time knowing that probably not yeah um <laughs> but that is like if you look at it that way like that's what Jesus did for everyone mm-hmm. and so like if even when I'm angry even when somebody does wrong by me or by my family or is just doing wrong by the world it's not my response. They are not my responsibility. Their mm-hmm. actions are my responsibility. So if I'm looking at my day-to-day life through the lens of I'm only responsible for loving people like mm-hmm. Jesus did, then it changes everything. Like, yeah. It changes everything. It changes how I treat, you know, strangers. It changes how I treat my friends. It changes how I treat the people who can probably hurt me the most, which are my family. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're the closest and they have the mo- their choices like in their life has the most impact on mine. Mm-hmm. So that's almost the biggest thing. Like if you can love like your family through when your family does awful things, I think that's one of the most Christ like loving yeah. things you can possibly do. And so like that being said, it's like I'm just like right now I'm, you know, I let so when you were asking like what are my spiritual practices, mm-hmm. like I do go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I read my Bible at night before bed because I feel like, like whatever I do before bed is what I'll like dream about. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, and I try it's, to like start my from day. From a usually, scientific standpoint too, it's when you have the most melatonin and your subconscious is most open. Yeah. So yeah, you are going to likely take that into your dreams. Right. You. <laughs> so I just like try to make that the last thing I think about. Like Taylor and I have like a practice that like the last thing out of our mouth like before bed every night is we pray together and mm-hmm. it could be about our day it could be for the other person it could be for mm-hmm. whatever but it's just like we hold each other's hands and like that <clears throat> it's just something that we do and also that's like so that's sweet. a good thing for marriage too because it's yeah like, like the it is in the bible like do not go to bed like angry mm-hmm. you know and like you can't go to bed. Trust me, I've tried. Like, you cannot go to bed angry when the last thing you do together mm-hmm. is just pray mm-hmm. together. So we do that. Um, so we pray, and then we have, you know, some people from church that we meet, like, outside of church. And then I I go to counseling at church, and I just have, like, a, like a woman disciple me. She knows a whole lot more than I do about, like, where to find, like, wisdom in the mm-hmm. Bible. And she just, like, doesn't preach at me. She just is, like 
read this. Yeah. When you read this, what is it saying to you? Yeah. And then, like, talking through it. And so it's just, like, all all I need to know is right here. Mm-hmm. I just need to know when I need it, where to find it, how it applies mm-hmm. to my life. Right. Um. So that's what I do. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah. And just thinking of it as a relationship, like any other relationship that needs attention. Mm-hmm. Like, and if God is my most important relationship, I need to be talking to him every day. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I mean, like you said, obviously I, I, um, I do believe in Jesus. I believe in all the messiahs and I do believe in, in acting like as Jesus or acting as a messiah. And when I say it that way, I'm like, I should read the Bible because <laughs> I've only read stuff in there. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I've only read bits and pieces. And I honestly, I think in college it, it dampened the whole thing for me a little bit because right. I took biblical literature studies and it made it into like this stressful thing that I had to do. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> it was a lot and it'd be like read 60 pages of the Bible and then do these essay tests on it. So yeah, it no. just, you know what I mean? It, that was not a oh, good first exposure. I have a minor in biblical theology and studies and the same thing happened. I go to a school where like, well, you're hurt, you're supposed to like everybody's like I'm a happy Christian and and you're re- you do you go to Old yeah. Testament class or you go to New Testament class and you're reading the Bible this way, and instead of thinking of it like I'm learning something that's yeah. good for me, my heart, my future, it does it becomes a stressor. Well, it's like when you like to dance. Like at one point, I was really into dancing. I started taking these classes, and then they asked me if I wanted to work at the studio, and then it just became the stressful. Yeah, it's not thing. Joy anymore. No, it it wasn't fun anymore. And so, and that's part of my own spiritual practice is like needing to meditate on a regular basis to establish that connection and then trusting that God or the universe is sending me, you know, the little breadcrumb crumb trail where I need to go. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, you know, I've had a lot of fun with it in recent years once I kind of understood it more and I would ask for like a sign and I would start seeing hummingbirds and it like in different ways that mm-hmm. became like my sign. And so I'll see one now and I'll kind of giggle and sometimes I'll like have a little tear in my eye because it's touching or whatever. But it's when I see it, it's that confirmation of like you already know right now you're in alignment as they call it. But like mm-hmm. you are in established connection with God basically and you're you're in that heart space and in mm-hmm. mindset where you need to be, where you're feeling good and whatever. And that's how I feel God the most. And so when I'm already there, I'll see the little hummingbirds everywhere. One will fly past me, like, in the backyard randomly or randomly. It's not randomly. Or, like, I went into a clothing store and there was, like, a tag peeking out and it had a little hummingbird on it. But oh. I see that stuff all the time. And, um, but, yeah, if I don't meditate for, like, even, like, a day sometimes. But if you go, like, three days, all of a sudden, the whole house falls apart I fall apart and then the, you know, whatever you want to call it. But for me, I call it like the ego part is like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You have like too many wrinkles and you have like bags. Your ego and your pride. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It just comes in and you're like, okay, I need to like get back on track. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But until you establish your own like spirituality on some level, you don't even realize that that's happening, you know? And to me, God is, so I see it this way, God there's God, and then people are like all these little offshoots of God. Like if God's a dandelion, then people are like the little, what little do you call them? <laughs> the hairs? Dandelion hairs? Are they oh, seeds? I don't know. They're like little twirly seeds. Okay. I know what you're talking about. So my perspective is like everybody has that little piece of God with them, and God is 
in my mind, becoming more, because we're always expanding and becoming more, including God in my mind. So God is becoming more through like experiencing the leading edge or whatever you want to call it now through all these people. And like you're saying with the Jesus thing, it's like you have to realize that when you look at a person, like everyone has God in them. And if you're looking at them through that lens and trying to connect with the God and the, and the other person, then you're always like going to have that sense of communication where people do always feel better after they're with you or they're happier. They see something in themselves that they weren't seeing before or whatever. And so, yeah. And that was one of the things I really liked about you the most because when I met you, because I grew up with a, and this is nothing against any religion. I, but I grew up with a bunch of like evangelical and like just mainly Southern Baptist and it was fine. We were kids, you know, at, when you're a kid and your parents are very like traditional Southern, it was a lot of like hellfire and stuff. And so I just constantly had my friends telling me you're going to burn in hell. And like, I it did, I didn't believe that as a child, but it just turned me off from like all religion basically. Mm-hmm. And now I see it as, well, I'm much more likely to connect with someone who's religious like any specific religion than someone who you know doesn't believe in any higher power because it really isn't that different to me when you get down to the like bones of things like Mm -hmm. it's all kind of the same feeling and the same intention in my mind Mm -hmm. to have that connection have that like guiding your life so yeah and you know it makes me sad that there are people out there that are like that about like anything that just really like like, mm-hmm. are not just loving and aren't, like, taking what actually, like, is true for me in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the truth in the Bible is, it isn't my job to judge anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, only God knows, mm-hmm. you know? So, somebody's saying, like, you're gonna burn in hell. Like, says says you, so you're saying you are God and you know everything, which I think we both know you don't know. Like, and so it's just like, and it's one of those things you just gotta look at and be like, you need to be loved just like everyone else. And it's not my responsibility to control anything you say. Yeah. But I know that I would never say anything like that. No, for me, at this stage of awareness, and who knows, that's, you know, more aware than I was then or not. I don't think we'll ever know all these things until later on. But for me, it's like you can only live out of fear or love. And so when people are, like, telling you you're going to burn in hell, it's not because they're ill intention. It's because they're acting out of fear. And you can't do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And so, yeah, when, when you go to a, a church like that and the fear is kind of built in, it's hard to, like, do it in a way that other people want to come and join you, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I think it's hard because I know a lot of kids who grew up in that sort of environment. It's hard to like keep that going long term and feel connected when it's all about the fear. And if you don't do this, then you're not going to go to heaven. If you don't, if you do this, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. It's all like a fear based thing. So mm-hmm. whereas the point is love, you know, to act out of love like Jesus and in, mm-hmm. in every possible way so Mm -hmm. that's how I see it yeah and that's the truth (laughs) yeah okay okay so I that was my last question okay okay so I have I have two more questions one one is you actually kind of just answered I said why uh, my question is why do you like me oh (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny 
I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, so I kind of touched on this. And this isn't this, like but... a pat on my back, but I also think it's important to know. No, like for sure. Why are we friends? Why do yeah. you like me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Some people might not like me. <laughs> oh, I, and that's part of like, that's part of putting yourself out there and that where the ego part comes in the most is like, you know that there are people out in the world that are not going to like you. Mm-hmm. But if you come to a certain, like with, okay, I'm going to say this now. You have a public Instagram. I really want to make my Instagram public because I want to connect with people more mm-hmm. who are like-minded, but I still like have this fear around it. And it's not because of like, I'm afraid people are going to say you're ugly. It's like, I feel threatened somehow which I need to get over and I know like I'm not putting that out there it's not going to come back to me whatever but um that's something that I've had to work through too in recent years that I've done some things with that on a subconscious level of like having these weird stories about being exposed mm-hmm. and the podcast is a big thing for me right. to put myself out there on a public platform but um I admire that you do put yourself out there on that level with people who can and and just, I don't know, like, I really want to get to a place where I'm like, sure, like, let's make this public. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so, so I saw your picture on Peanut. Does <laughs> 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 your throat itch when you ever time someone says no. it? No. Um, so By the way, after I met you, I deleted the app. I was uh, like, I met her. I don't need, it's like, it's so funny, like a dating app. I was like, I met the mom. I know. That's so sad. I haven't so, used it since. I'm so flattered. Yeah. Um, I haven't met anyone since then. Um, so no, you just look so happy and like, you know, good vibes. Like you can feel it through the phone and positive and you're really pretty. I think I said that. (laughs) Guess that's how I pick friends. Um, no, but, and then I met you and you were super positive and like the thing with your religion wasn't like, because I still, now my stories around religion are different, but you still, like I said, you're used to having this certain image of people who are Christian growing up where I grew up. Um, you just felt very open with it, which was nice to me because I feel like no matter what your religion or, you know, sense of spirituality is, you need like people with different opinions. And that's like part of getting Mm -hmm. closer to God is like seeing, and not just the spirituality, but with anything like people who, people who like Chevy and people who like Ford or whatever. Like we're all in this like mix together because it helps us expand and gain more clarity and get closer to God and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And closer to truth, I think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you were just very positive and very uplifting and very open and funny. And you're not Southern, which (laughs) I'm from the South. So I'm Southern Nevadan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I I'm from the south but you know it's nice I tend to be friends with people who are not because mm-hmm. it's it's different and it's new yeah. and there are a lot of like cultural things in each region that you either yeah. kind I'm of learning a lot <laughs> I feel like at the core you probably have you probably like the southern culture yeah I like more than I do it, maybe, but, but yeah yeah when you when we met you were like I, I think I should let you know that I'm vegan and you're like telling me these things and I'm not like I was like and <laughs> and I was like are you gonna tell me like you've murdered someone like it's but you so didn't find any habit that I know of and you but I was just like I'm moving from Southern California yeah. to Georgia I was like you literally are like 
most moms where I oh, yeah. came from. Oh, yeah. If I was in people. San Diego, I wouldn't. You Like, you would not stand out, no. like, at all. Um, no. In, in the good way when it comes to that. Like, um, yeah. but it was just funny. I was like, oh, are there just, like, not people like this here? And so There she's are. Like, I mean, it's this is a pretty progressive but, city as southern cities go. Right. But still. Yeah, I mean, but I just thought that was, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I was like. I was like, yeah, I knew a couple of vegans, you know, <laughs> most restaurants like are that way where I come from. So. I know. And it's funny because I told you, I almost moved to San Diego years mm-hmm. ago and that was the first time my mom has ever expressed that like she thought I might be too far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, really? You're concerned. Um, and I just, I don't know why I didn't end up moving there. If it was just being that far away from family and whatever mm-hmm. and this is going to sound terrible but it's never so much about the friends for me because all right I explained this to someone yesterday and it makes me sound like a terrible person but I said if I lost all my friends now it would be fine because <laughs> because mm-hmm. if I'm always like like we talked about if I'm always working on establishing and cultivating this relationship with God or higher power to where I'm mm-hmm. in this place of alignment and I lose a friend, it's because we don't match up anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that means you're either, it's hard to articulate it, but you're either like further ahead in your journey and that's why you're you're on a different level, maybe like higher or better in some sense. I don't think you can really judge it, but if we're on different wavelengths, it's fine. Like I just, you know what I mean? You have to be okay that like other people, like your happiness is not dependent on anyone outside of you or you and God. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and if, yeah, if something falls through like mm-hmm. with that person or that family member or that significant other, like that's not the end of the world. Like no, your no. world does not end because this person or this group of people isn't in it. And I think that that spiritual maturity is is knowing that and recognizing that and living every day like that and having like living that relationship that way Mm -hmm. like I want to be your friend I don't need you yeah as my friend and I think that's better like I wanted to marry Taylor I did not need to marry Taylor yeah like imagine like the difference Mm-hmm. And well, need is fear too. It's a fear-based right. thing, right? And like, actually, in church today, the sentence of was like, "You can't have joy with fear. Like, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you cannot. No, they it. don't exist together. So, so yeah, yeah. And if and people do that with their kids, so I would. And... I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be your friend too. Yeah, no, and that's the main thing is you were just very uplifting and positive and bubbly and happy and sweet, and that's what I liked about you. And you're so thoughtful, which at first, like, I was feeling guilty a lot because, I mean, you just showed up with a gift now, and I'm like, okay, I haven't even, like, received my first gifts for my kid yet. You're so ahead of the game. No, and that's not, and, like, that's not <laughs> the thing. It's, like, we should just, like, give each other stuff whenever, like, it's convenient. Honestly, no. when you're a mom, it's, like, if I have a minute to think about something that's above and beyond just me existing mm-hmm. in front of you, that I'm going to do it. And I don't, like, you don't do something just with your kid. Like, you don't do something in expectancy. Like, I did not expect more, but I want something for Christmas. I don't. But on a different level, it's like your thoughtfulness, like, it inspires me to be more thoughtful. And just, like, with the marriage, with your friendships, like, you want to be friends with people who are going to bring you up a level instead Mm -hmm. of, like, oh, I want to be with someone who I'm comfortable with. So maybe, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I see people, like, commiserating all the time and you're like there's nowhere to go from there like I would make the analogy of like if someone's in a dark tunnel 
and you're on the other side and you have a flashlight, like, are you going to go in the dark tunnel and try to help them out? Or are you going to hold the flashlight? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's this thing about like, we all need to suffer together. Look at this horrible thing that happened. Why are we not suffering? And like, that's just not a way to tackle things in life and relationships or whatever. Like there has to be someone on a different wavelength to help you to get there. You Somebody has to be, to be crunchy about it, vibrating there for some, for the other person to come out. You can't just like dive in a dark hole and be like, let's just like get miserable together you know I'm nodding my head (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah. Yeah. so that was the long way the long way of it but yeah that's what I liked about you and still like about you and also like I feel like as moms like it's hard to keep up with people you know what I mean yeah and I never am offended when like I don't hear from someone for months and I feel like you're the same way of like (laughs) not the biggest relief is to have have people in your life that's like I'm not ignoring you. Mm-hmm. I'm not not wanting to call you, spend time with you, etc. Mm-hmm. I just literally don't have any more to give. And, like, you wouldn't want to hang out with me in those weeks, days, whatever. Like, yeah. and I wouldn't want, like, yeah, I wouldn't want that for you. Not, like, there are things you that are... You would not want to hang out with me. Yeah. There are things either. that are more important, and I think, mm-hmm. like... Well, like, like you said, you have your relationship with God and your husband and your child, and, like, you have to keep all that together. And sometimes there right. isn't room for anything else and sometimes there is room and you just need to spend that like recharging yeah (laughs) like sleeping taking it i know and you so last week you posted something about sunday is a sabbath day and then you're like i can come next sunday like a couple days after and i was like i hope she feels like this is going to be a recharging experience versus like using good smells (laughs) and stuff and i got like matcha tea and so yeah and i got out of the house so yeah, that's like a spa day kind of. It's like a spa experience. I wanted to see by the Christmas tree. I know for like yeah. sound purposes, you know, you try to, that's a thing. So you get these inspired experiences or inspired impulses that in my mind, like come from God, like the mm-hmm. thing that gets you excited. And then you have the other part come in. It's like, oh, I have to be very, very professional. My brother's a sound engineer. So we talked about it. I'm like, okay, I should probably record a podcast in my closet. And then I'm like, what? Like, this is so not fun. And I'm not going to have like a bunch of audio engineers probably listening to this and being like, oh my God, the sound quality. Yes, I'm going to have good sound equipment in the next few weeks or so probably and get it put together. But right now we have a phone on a tripod and another phone on a lamp, (laughs) just in case, Mm -hmm. duct taped to a lamp. And I just wanted it to be fun and relaxed. So Yeah, I was kind of concerned. I was like, okay, well, I hope she doesn't feel like this is another thing to add to the no. plate. I want it to be like a fun, what That's we would usually do, <laughs> just hang out. And talk. Know? This is like, honestly, like this conversation is very similar to conversations yeah. that we have. Yeah. Anyway, so I have one more question. I'll end on a fun Okay. <laughs> I hope it's not too funny because I have to pee. No, no. <laughs> It's not funny. It's I'm not resisting like the, the urge to the, hold my pee with my hands. Like, like the question that, it's not the question that shall not be asked. Okay. It's not that one. <laughs> okay. What movie would be better as a musical? Oh, my God. I'm probably the worst to ask about this because I don't like oh. musicals. And I'm like, oh, really? So okay. Movie. okay. Hmm. Let me think. I mean, I'm trying to think if I've Because some movies are musicals. Yeah, like, Legally like Blonde a, has a Broadway. 
Like, okay, so like a Broadway show, yeah. not like a mu- like It like, could be changed into a musical movie if it's not already. But like, like, mm-hmm. like I have mine, and people are like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you're right. Finding Nemo, I think Finding Nemo should be a musical because like, and somebody else said Toy Story, and I said, "But Toy Story has really good music with it yeah. that you're like, you've got a friend in me." Uh-huh. Like I think of Toy Story as soon as I hear it. Uh huh. But I'm like, what's the Finding Nemo song? All I hear is Ellen going, just keep swimming, just keep... But there's no song. That's true. Nemo doesn't have a song, and I think that movie deserves to be turned into a musical. They did do Nemo at Disney on Ice when I took Graham. So there's probably music, but I can't I think, think of, like, was. a song that's, like, no. the Nemo song. Like, no, you're right. That's a good no. one. So that's mine. That's Okay. Mine. Well, I feel like this is definitely dating myself and you probably don't even know what this movie is but the first thing that came to mind and I haven't seen this movie in probably 15 years Splash with Daryl <gasps> Hannah <laughs> I feel like if you made that into a musical like yeah. you know a, mer- a real life mermaid person like not a cartoon did they not make that a musical did they I, okay, I used to watch that all the time when I was a kid, and I I'm think it's look inappropriate later. for kids to watch, but, right. like... I feel like they did a stage show of it. Really? But I could be wrong. I lived in Vegas, so a lot of things came through. Okay, yeah, so you... Yeah, I'm so, sure that probably no, was But that's one. good. I love Daryl Hannah. Where is she now? I, I... She lived in a tree at one point. Good for her. Did you know that? No, but I believe it. <laughs> yeah, she lived in I think she lived in a tree, or maybe that was just a she's boycotting, but I think my, she was living in she's one. She's in one of my all-time favorite movies. What? Still Magnolias. Uh, see, I haven't watched that since I was a kid either. I'm just not a movie person, which I don't think is a common I think, thing. I think Still Magnolias <laughs> is one of the most timeless, wonderful movies of all time. Okay, maybe I need to watch that today. <gasps> it's so good. When I, I have think, my free time. Yes. I think it's so good. It has Dolly Parton, Sally Field, I love Julia Dolly Parton. Roberts. Yeah. I mean, Olivia, um, Olympia Dukakis. I mean, it's just like all what? these women. What? Who is that? You'll, you'll learn. It's, and anyway, it's just, I think it's the most quotable movie. It's about female friendship. It's about being joyful and finding joy when things suck, when things are bad. And like. And, and I remember there's like a beauty parlor in it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there's no such thing as natural beauty. <laughs> Okay, I like that. <laughs> That'll make me feel Dolly better Parton, about... Dolly Parton has, like, so, like everybody just has, like, it's just so quotable, and it's, like, really irreverent female friendship, and I, I love it. I think it's... Okay, later on today, I'm going to get on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? It was Hello? on Netflix for a time, so it should be still... All right, it's probably on YouTube. Yeah, I'm but Daryl and Daryl Hannah's in it. And but she's I don't... how old at that point? She's really young. Um, okay. I thought so. She's probably early 30s. Okay. Maybe late 20s. Oh, thank you. I like that you and described her, that as really young. I'm and like, her... Like me? 30 yeah. so young? Yeah. Her character, it's fun because she changes like three or four times. And she's like a devout Christian in the movie. Wait, like different hair? Yeah, like different... Like she... Different look. Her looks. Yeah, her personality. She comes in really timid. And then she changes into this almost like... Um, Hussy a little bit, <laughs> like, and then she goes back to, like, being devout Christian, and then she's, it's just, it's this fun, like, evolution of her character, and okay. she's not even the main character, but you get to see this change, and when women surround her, and love on her, and 
how she gets confidence that way. And Okay. I think people, if you've just watched the movie one time, you wouldn't be thinking all the things I'm thinking. But I do not like watching movies over and over. I, I don't either. It. I don't I either. hate it. I watch it once. I'm like, I've seen it. I'm done. Life is too short. I don't need to rewatch yeah, movies. Yeah, My husband's the, the opposite. But I forget about them. Like, it, it could but be three years later, and I'm like, I forgot this whole movie. So I, I think Still Magnolias is an annual movie. Like, you should watch it once a year. Okay. Because I just think it's that good and it has that much wisdom. Yeah. Like, to take with you. It's the only movie I can dependably, that will dependably make me cry. When I was pregnant with Noah, emotions left me. I was the ice queen. Really? I, I could not cry. I cried I, about everything. I, I was, was cold. I was cold. Like, like Taylor was like, are you okay? Because you're not showing like any Oh my gosh, didn't you say you watched like a, a murder or like a horror film before you got... Yeah, The Conjuring. Yeah. Oh my god. And then four hours later, because somebody told me that's what they did, and I was like, I'll do anything. I don't want to be pregnant anymore. And I watched The Conjuring, and four hours later, my water broke. Um. So there's an all-star mom tip. <laughs> oh, I have oh my god. If you like, I can I give you. Even watch it was Jurassic like, Park. what was it? It was like that whole night, like the night before. I was like, it was pineapple juice, spicy food, bounce on a yoga ball. Mm-hmm. Sex, conjuring, baby, water broke like four hours later. Oh my gosh. That's for I did it all. had a baby at 40, almost 43 weeks, I was like, eat the lasagna from this, or the eggplant parmesan, the walking, the this, the that. I didn't do the sex part because I was not in a relationship, even though my midwife was telling me to go out and have sex. I was like, with him? What can Oh my no. God. Mm-mm. Like I was horrified. Horrified. So I did everything. I'm not going to let a strange man near my baby. <laughs> or near my body pregnant or anything. And there's like this thing about men having pregnant fetishes that I didn't know about. And people hitting on you is so disturbing. Yeah. And I think when you're not married, maybe that they don't see a ring on your finger. And it's like you're more of a target. But it's just like the weirdest culture, subculture yeah, no. ever. No, thanks. But no, I did everything in the book except for the sex part. And yeah, no. the conjuring. I had a friend that was like, "This is why." So I took like something from like everybody's suggestion. I did it all at one time. In one day. Yeah, I did and it then all you just in, like, went a in a couple labor. of hours. I did it from dinner. I just the, dinner the fact that the conjuring bedtime. is a thing. And was this from a blog or like a what? Friend, a friend told me. Yeah, they watched the conjuring. Um, and she, her So you didn't go into labor thinking about, like, freaking out? No, and let me tell I you would. this. The Conjuring, actually, is a movie about a mother's love. Like, oh. it, there's, like, two storylines going oh, on. Oh, so it gets the oxytocin flowing. Maybe. That's why it's a love hormone. So, like, I am not a horror, like, I, I, I'm not, I like true crime, but I don't like fake, like, horror stuff. Oh, my gosh. I can't even watch CSI when it goes dum-dum-dum. So, like, no, I can't oh, watch. I like that stuff, but, like, I don't like things with demons. I don't like stuff. I think all of that re- is real, and I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. I bring it into my home. Yeah. But The Conjuring, like, if you're open-minded when you watch it. Like, you'll realize there's actually two really good storylines of a mother's love going on hmm. in there. So, if you don't like scary movies, so that, watch it with a I friend. I think that's it. It gets the oxytocin, like, in overdrive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because it's, like, intense mother's love. Like, okay, that's it then. Not in a negative way. No, no, no. But, like, it's oxytocin's the love hormone, yeah. and that's what gets your labor going, so the sex part makes sense for that. But I'm like, how does the horror film... 
it all makes sense now. <laughs> Ta-da! I feel watch like I know you and the world so much I better. I'm never friend... going to watch The Conjuring Cause... unless I'm really desperate. So I don't think my friend, I don't think my friend that watched The Conjuring and went into labor, I don't think that they had sex. Okay. I'm not sure I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> but did but you did have you sex? But did you do Like, no. Um, I think that, yeah. And she was a little, she was a little over her due date. And so she was like ready to go. And she was like, yeah. And it was Halloween night and everything. Oh my gosh. So it was like very appropriate for her. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did she deliver Halloween night? Probably no, nice she day. was in November 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be so weird to be a Halloween baby. Yeah. You would always know, like, your. The I'm theme just not, of like, birthday. a Halloween person. So I'd be yeah. like, oh, no, creepy birthday stuff. You know, like, I am so Pottery Barn Halloween. <laughs> like, the cute pumpkins and the whatever. And my mm-hmm. child is into all the creepy stuff. Zombies. <laughs> Like, I don't even no. know. He saw one little cartoon song with a zombie, and he asked about zombies nonstop. Then some little girl in the playground showed him how to act like a zombie, so he, like, puts his head like this. Oh, no. Like, I'm no, a no, zombie. I'm I would a be zombie. too weird. Like, like, are, like, are you having neck problems? Like, no. Or are you a zombie? Or you're going to give yourself neck problems if you're a zombie for too long. I know. And then he, like, wanted all the creepy stuff from the neighborhood, and he's like, why did all the skeletons fall down? I'm like, because they're on the ground, you know? And he's uh-huh. like, why is the hand coming out of the ground? I'm like... Don't know, not going there. Mm-hmm. And he wanted all the creepy stuff. And I was like, I have a great idea. We can do spiders. And like that, mm-hmm. I'm afraid of spiders. And that's the scariest right. it gets for me. Right. I'm sure he's going to try to push the boundaries. Yeah. But as I long as he's young and I can like suggest my way, mm-hmm. you know, around it, I'm not doing it. Yeah, totally. Okay, we have to end on a different note. Yeah, not Halloween, Halloween note. <laughs> um, what was a, I'm trying to think. Oh, did you have a, did no, you have I, like an alternate question no, aside well, from the one that your lovely husband had? No, I'm not ending on that either. No, no, please don't. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. So yeah. like what's, what's something that you want to carry into the next decade, I guess, or something that you really mm. want to embrace more in the next coming decade, 2020? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's crazy. It's going to be 2020. I know. Cause, I keep thinking yeah. of the Justin Timberlake album, 2020, like the 2020 tour, um, and that 2020 vision, all of that stuff. Um, I, I don't think, recall that one. <laughs> I think that I, I hope that I am always seek to understand people. I mm-hmm. hope to have the patience and the like spiritual bandwidth to mm-hmm. do that because I think that's that where was a nice little buzz for you there. <laughs> like I feel like when you like are short circuited, mm-hmm. you snap at people. You don't care what their point of view is. You don't care about their perspective. Mm-hmm. You don't care why they're doing what they're doing. Like there couldn't be a good reason why. Right. You know, and I think that applies to our relationship with our children, like having patience and understanding, like why are they crying or mm-hmm. why are they cranky or why are they happy or acting this way or why do they want this or why is my significant other acting this way or the mm-hmm. stranger acting this way. It like I just hope that I can always seek to understand what's going on in other people's if I will, that I'll just take the time and have the patience to take the time to do that. That's a good one. Yeah. That's How a about really you? good one. Um, I think for me, so 
this could get weird. I think for me, um, I really just want to, so over the past few years, I've had this feeling of like having me as I am now and like my true, like higher self as they call it. And like this thin veil in between where you can kind of feel it right there, but you're not quite like, you know, mm-hmm. integrating, I guess. And we're never fully integrated with our higher self because that's the human experience. But um, there's this knowledge and this knowing that I have that if you just dropped all this BS, then like you could be a completely different person and allow in so many more good things. Mm -hmm. And it sounds easy, like just drop your BS. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it is more of like with my life experiences, it's more of like just remembering and remembering and remembering and keeping those practices going in the gratitude and the meditation to where you can be more and more and more of yourself. And there's some things that (laughs) are obviously not part of my journey now and things that I never like believed in or thought I would do that I'm like intrigued by where I've thought now. So for instance, I have and I'm sure you have a different viewpoint on that. I'm not sure, but I assume you have a different view on this. And we're not going to project this as something that Katie endorses. <laughs> this is all Satan. But um, so I've had two different, one girl that I follow that I really love and another woman that is a friend that I met through an Abraham Hicks gathering, which is the law of attraction stuff that you've heard me talk about. Mm -hmm. And they've both gone to the same ayahuasca retreat. (laughs) Okay. Um, recently. And so I always thought of that as being like, you know, a drug that I didn't want. I've never, Mm -hmm. I've never done, I've smoked weed before in my life, but like otherwise never mess with drugs and don't smoke weed. Now, obviously I don't even drink. So it's like weird to think, Oh, I would like do this. They call it plant medicine, but it's like DMT, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that stands for. But anyway, you your body has it, produces it when you meditate. Like, you produce more of it, things like that. And the idea behind the ayahuasca ceremonies, what they do at this r- retreat is you have three different plant medicine ceremonies. And then you have, like, school in between of, like, integrating these lessons that you've learned. And I think... From my perspective, what it does is you just get a lot of the DMT at one time and you have a lot of realizations at one time that you would mm-hmm. usually have over a course of time in your own spiritual practice. Um, but I've heard those stories and I've just gotten so, you know, interested in it and I'm like, how would you ever do such a thing with a small child? I don't think you ever could, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's thinking like, how can I get closer to that? How can I like have the the best spiritual evolution for myself and like allow that as much as possible. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that Mm -hmm. is a lot of like just consciously connecting to God and doing your gratitude practice, which to me is like so powerful because when you're doing your gratitude, it helps you to get into alignment and you can't feel gratitude and feel like unhappy at the same time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So really, yeah, what I want is just to connect and integrate as much with my higher self and, you know, in turn, like, drop all the mm-hmm. the baggage yeah. and just allow in the things that I really haven't allowed for the majority of my life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yay 2020. I think it's going <laughs> to yeah. be good. Yeah. More and patience, less BS. <laughs> <laughs> all the good. Yeah. All the good things. I feel really good about 2020. I feel really good about just, like, 
going out of my comfort zone, doing things like this podcast, which are definitely outside of my comfort zone, putting myself out on a public platform. Um, like I said, I know I have the voice of a seven-year-old and things like that. And at this age, I'm like, I don't care if you don't like my voice, you don't have to listen to it. But just getting comfortable with the things that make you uncomfortable, but you know are like there for your spiritual growth mm-hmm. and evolution. So mm-hmm. yay, high five. Thanks for being uh, my first podcast. I am going to record an intro um, after this in full transparency for everyone listening. But this is the first one I've recorded thus far. So yay. thank you, Katie. This has been so much Thanks fun. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye, everyone. Oh, bye-bye. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode and I wanted to send you off today with a little something special as I did in the first episode. I am going to do a little, um, card pull, um, from one of my Oracle card decks. Now today I'm only going to pull one card and I am using the work your light deck by Rebecca Campbell. Now, as we go into this, Um, As you might have heard in the first episode, I mentioned um, a drawing um, for someone to win one of the three card decks that I use. Um, Not one of mine, but you would get your very own brand new one. Um, And that still stands because when I recorded my first episode, um, the people who first listened to it all heard it off of... um, you know, a platform other than Apple Podcasts. And so there was no opportunity to rate or review. So the good news is if you leave a rate rating and review on Apple Podcasts and you take a screenshot and send it to roomformagicpodcast at gmail.com, I will enter you into a drawing to win one of the three decks that I use. So I use the Work Your Light deck um, by Rebecca Campbell, the Starseed Oracle deck by Rebecca Campbell, and the Spirit Animal Oracle by Colette Baron-Reed. So you can take your pick of which one of those you would like me to ship straight from Amazon to your house, not touching anything. Don't worry. Um, All right. Um, And I will do that drawing um, Sunday, April, let's see, today's Wednesday, Thursday, hmm, second, third, fifth. I will do the drawing Sunday, April 5th. So you have until then to get in your ratings and reviews and, um, take a screenshot and send that, um, to reinformaticpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Let's get started. I wanted to pull from the Work Your Light Oracle card deck today because, as I mentioned earlier, this is really a prime opportunity for us all to deeper connect with our spirituality and our purpose and being here um, and find our light if we haven't already. Um, if we already know, you know our spiritual gifts to deepen them and to work your light. So I have, um, shuffled this deck with the intention of pulling a card that will bring, um, greater clarity and peace to everyone who is listening and help you to find deeper meaning, um, during these times. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and pull that card. 
Okay, the card is the crumbling. It says, what are you clinging on to? So let's go ahead and get my little book here and I will read what it has to say. Always takes me a second to find it in the guidebook. The great thing about these cards is that um, I always seem to pull the exact card, um, the most appropriate card for the circumstances in my life or in our lives collectively. Um, and I'm just looking through now to find in my little um, content page here, the right, the right page so I can read you this description. Okay. It's page 40 if any of you are into numerology. <laughs> Okay, so it says the crumbling, what are you clinging on to? There's a shift happening right now where anything inauthentic can no longer survive. Relationships, jobs, social structures, anything built on shaky ground is destined to tumble down. And it is, isn't it? It's happening to bring you back home to who you truly are, both individually and to society as a whole. So does this resonate? Um, so you can live a life that is in alignment with who you truly are. When you're in the thick of it, it can feel like a personal attack from the universe. And I know a lot of us are probably feeling this way right now. You feel kind of victimized. Have faith because the difficult times will be your defining moments. You will be reborn in the fire. You are being called to surrender, to stop trying to hold it all together, to loosen your grip, to let the crumbling occur. It may be difficult it may be difficult at first, but in the end, the sooner you let go, the sooner the rebirthing will occur. What are you trying to hold together? What are you doing your best to avoid? How are you trying to pretend everything is okay? You have what it takes to allow what is falling to tumble and fall. What is falling away to tumble and fall? Once the tower has crumbled, you will be able to rebuild your home on solid ground with mighty foundations and a view that is so magnificent that it will take your breath away each new morning. Kali, the goddess of destruction, and the Black Madonna are with you now. Lay it on their altar. They can hold it all. And the inquiry says, what are you clinging to f- <laughs> what are you clinging to for fear that nothing comes to take its place? And so I know a lot of us are still in that period now. Um, once again, depending on where you are in the world, in the United States, I know some of us are still in that period of just um, getting into the swing of this quarantine. And maybe you're like, maybe you're out of a job and you're just binge watching reality shows and trying to um, distract yourself. And like I said, take your mind off of things. But at some point, um, <laughs> you will have to face what's happening and you will be given the decision of what you want to do with that and um, the opportunity to build a new life for yourself to deepen your understanding of who you are and to step into your sovereignty Um, after all corona means crown so this is your opportunity to wear your crown to claim your sovereignty in a way that you never have before so i hope you all enjoyed that and um, leave me a little rating or review and i'll send you a deck of your own if i draw your name love to you all and i'll catch you on the flip side
always on this journey. It never, ever ends. So let's just have a good time here as friends. I'm having so much fun. I hope you are too. And remember, if you're looking for the magic, it's always there with you. And one more thing before we're through, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Find me on Instagram at joyinthegirl and on Spotify at the Blooming Goddess.